Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Have you ever had a goal that scared the crap out of you? Do you use your age or family as excuses for giving up on your dreams? And what's worse, failing or regretting that you didn't even try? Today, Bill Whitten and I are talking about how to go after that crazy, bold idea that just won't go away. And he just spent 17 plus hours crossing the open ocean on a stand-up paddleboard. He's 58 years old. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Bill Whitten. He's a stand-up paddleboard enthusiast and racer, and he's just crossed the Gulf Stream from uh, Bimini to the mainland over into Miami, which is quite a feat. Um, Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Trip. So um, I just I, describe to us what you and you and your partner, Thad Foote, is that right? Yes, Thaddeus uh, Foote. Yeah. So so describe what you guys did, because this is this is monumental. It may not, you know, I know there's not a lot of stand-up paddlers that are listening to the show, but, you know, the context for this is how do you do something crazy? How do you do something that seems impossible? How do you do something bold? Uh, so just describe the feat that you guys accomplished. Okay. Well, we, um, we basically, we started out from Bimini in the Bahamas and, um, we crossed the Gulf stream. Uh, the, as a crow flies, Bimini is about 48 miles, um, due east of Miami. Um, but when you factor in that big old blue thing out there, that's called the Gulf stream, that's moving at the North. It's like a big river that's moving between Bimini and Miami to the north at about three knots. So when you factor that into it, um, when we left Bimini, we paddled uh, 17 hours, 11 minutes, and 43 seconds. Because I know that because I turned on my chronometer right when we put the first paddle stroke in and right when the boards hit the beach over here. And it was 60 miles, uh, about 60.3 miles, actually, a little over 60 miles. Wow. And so, you know... Stand-up paddling, I'm a stand-up paddler, but there's not a lot of people that understand it. And so describe stand-up paddling for the, rest, for the guy that's in Kansas, you know? It actually started um, in the Hawaiian Islands, or in, in, yeah, in the Hawaiian Islands years and years ago. And what it was was the, um, 
you know, you'd basically stand up on a surfboard with a one-bladed paddle, not a two-bladed paddle like a kayaker, but a one-bladed paddle with a T at the top, and you would essentially stand um, on this large board and paddle and, you know, go forward. The nice thing about stand-up paddling, too, uh, and I know... I know, uh, Trip. You, you you understand this is that literally just about anybody can do it, um, and you're not confined to having an ocean. You know, they're doing it in Colorado now. They're doing it on Lake Tahoe. They're doing it all over Europe. You know, on the canals. So anywhere there's a body of water, uh, you can go out and have fun on a stand-up paddleboard. It's very easy to learn. You know, uh, if you can get a lesson, that's great. Uh, within about 15 minutes, you can be up and having a good time. Yeah. And but it's also, you know, it's 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 relatively new because it's not the most efficient way to get around on the water. And so, you know, to to do such a large paddle or such a such a, uh, you know, long distance paddle um, is daunting. You know, it's not a it's not one of those those big kayaks the Polynesians, you know, uh, used to to, 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 you know, traverse huge amounts of of water. So it's it's a difficult feat to be on your feet, literally. Uh, for 17 plus hours and to travel 60 plus miles to do this. So I'm just curious, you know, for that guy that's out there, he may have a, a bold idea. You know, let's yeah. talk about when you and Thad came up with this idea. You know, what was, what was it like? Oh, could you imagine doing this? And that's crazy. We wouldn't do that. Like walk us through that. Yeah. Well, actually, um, Thad was the one that came up with the idea and he started talking about it. Um, oh, we've been talking about this now for about three years. And uh, we, we trained together on the paddle boards because we compete competitively in the races. Um, and so we started saying, I wonder if we could do it. And, uh, you know, when when ideas get hatched like that and you just kind of, you know, they, they, they tend to incubate over a period of time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize that um, you're really kind of thinking about it a lot. And uh, really wondering if it can be done. And then you kind of we took sort of the next step where we actually got together and we said, okay, how can we do this? What do we need to make this happen? And uh, we started thinking first about, you know, uh, do we want to do it alone? That's probably not a really good idea because, you know, just to carry the hydration that you would need, you would probably need to have a trailer, you know, dragging that along with you. So we really decided that we would need a chase boat. Um, or at least a boat that we could we could uh, use as a as a as a boat that would have hydration for us and that would have food for us. So we um, we arranged that with a friend uh, of ours that has a that has a large catamaran, and so he uh, he agreed to be our chase. And um, then we uh, we started looking at the at the Gulf Stream and the and the situation with that moving current of three miles an hour and how we would counteract that and where we would actually make landfall and uh, started doing some calculations on course and you know should we go more to the southwest which would actually slow us down because you would be going more into the current you know that type of thing uh-huh. and then we started talking about uh, you know. Um, where do we start from? Well, Bimini, obviously, uh, or do we go south to Cat Key, or do we even go further south so that we can really take advantage of the stream? Um, at that point, we uh, we talked to some folks in Bimini, and we got uh, we got some sponsors involved on the island with the uh, Bimini uh, Big Game Club and uh, Bimini Water Sports over there. They were very supportive. And uh, and so things just kind of steamrolled, you know, at that point, uh, and, and, and almost to the point to where I wasn't, I got so wrapped up in the in the preparation of it trip that I really wasn't thinking about 
holy shit, can I do this? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what know? I was wondering. Is like, did you ever like, okay, cool, they're on board. Like, damn, okay, and now then, I guess we got to do it. Yeah, about, about a month and a half ago, I'm like, we got to start training for this. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, we've been doing 12, 14 miles on the week, on the, on a Saturday morning. And, you know, that takes us two and a half, three hours. But that's in, you know, good conditions, basically. And and on 14-foot boards. And so we actually realized about uh, – oh, actually, it was more like three months ago, four months ago, that we needed bigger boards. Right. And so we, we got these boards finished, and we started training, and we started doing 20 miles on a Saturday morning, which took about four hours. But that's still a fraction. That's still just a fraction of the distance that you guys are going to be. When you were doing those 20 milers, did you just be like, what are we getting into? <laughs> and then I, I, would, I would finish the 20 miles and I'd be exhausted. And I'd say, now, could I turn around and go back and then turn around and come back? Oh. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I mean, I really had some doubts, you know. And um, so then we stepped it up a little bit more. We went up to 30 miles. Okay. And 30 miles was about you know, eight hours. And that was exhausting. Uh, I mean, literally exhausting. That ruined, it took out the whole day and you were just, you were just whipped. How did you, how did you say, okay, we're going to have to do even double this. And I imagine it's going to be on the open ocean too. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I, I was saying that to myself right up to the time that, that we, we put the boards in the water in Bimini at three thirty in the morning and, and took off. I mean, I really was saying that to myself. I, I didn't, I didn't doubt that I couldn't do it. I was just scared at, you know, the, the unknown, you know, what happens when you hit that first wall, you know, what happens when you hit that second wall, that third wall, you know? And, uh, and then I started compartmentalizing it in my mind. I, 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 think a lot of people tend to do that is I said, okay, I'm going to take this in 20 mile clips, you know, okay. the first 20 miles is going to be, you know, half of it's going to be in the dark because we left at three 30 in the morning. The other half is going to be in a beautiful sunrise. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, then I'll, I'll deal with it after that. Well, half of it is in the dark, but we didn't realize that we were going to get nailed with a, with a, a squall line that had 40 knot headwinds and about three foot seas. <laughs> so that, that took about an hour and 15 minutes to get through that little squall. And by the time we got through that, we were both just exhausted because I mean, that's an energy drain right there. Just trying to paddle into and keep any kind of headway Yeah. when you're going into that kind of, that kind of seas and we couldn't get out of it. I mean, you're stuck, you know? Right. And uh, so that sort of, right away, you know, knocked us back, you know, to our senses and said, holy crap, what are we doing here? You know, what would it, what would it have taken for you guys to pull the plug? Cause that, that was early on. And I can imagine yeah. you guys getting really far behind early on and just being like, wow, oh, there's yeah. no way, you know, we're going to be paddling until two or three in the morning kind of thing. So yeah. was it ever an option to, to quit or did you guys close that door? We, we, I think we, in our minds, we never, you know, I think it was, <clears throat> it was there, but we never talked about it. We never let it become an issue. Neither um, of you wanted to be the one that was, <laughs> that no, was your idea. Absolutely not. We would, we, <laughs> you know, we just, we, 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 I think we got a lot of, as a lot of times, you know, when you're in an, an athletic competition or an athletic, you know, endeavor like this, you know, you, and you have a partner, you, you know, you look to your partner for strength at certain times because 
everybody cycles through their walls at different periods, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, when I was, I was at a low, low, he would, he could tell, and we would paddle closer together and we start discussing, you know, okay, this is not going like we thought, but, but let's pick it up a little bit or let's do this or let's do that. Or maybe it's time for a sandwich, you know, one right. of those kind of things. So, and then the same thing, I would do the same thing for him, you know? And so we tried to keep our, our spirits up and things and, you know, keep, keep moving forward. It sounds like there's just no way you guys could have done it individually, you know, so no, at least at this stage of the game, is that right? I don't, I don't think, I, I, first of all, I don't think that's really, that would be safe. And, and second of all, um, solo would, that would be, I don't know, that would be brutal. I, I mean, I, I, I needed his partnership and, and he needed mine, you know? And, yeah. uh, and t- together we, I think we made it because we, we could, you know, we could, build on each other's strength you know how many times did you uh did you hit the wall out there was it three four times or was it one i think i think honestly the first one was when we came through that that squall and it was still dark out and and that was a that was a that was kind of a first of all it's really creepy to be in the gulf stream at night yeah on a paddleboard with no lights um i mean i had a little light headlamp on but that's essentially no lights Um, and then getting nailed with this kind of waves and this kind of stuff, you know, within the first hour of, of, of starting out. It's like, go on home, boy, get out of here. That was more of a, of a, of a slap in the face wall, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And then the second wall was about midday when the sun really started to come out. We got through that. The water went basically oily, calm, and uh, there was not a breath of air and, and we were just pounding, you know, and, and we'd gone through, we had officially said, okay, we've gone further than our longest training paddle. Right. That was like, that was, that was a, that was the next wall where you go, okay, we made it through. We, this is where we were, you know, now what's next, you know? Yeah. You don't know what's going to, you have no idea what your body's going to do at this point. No. You don't, you know, and, and very interesting things start to happen. Uh, and I've never pushed myself to the, to a hydration, dehydration limit like that. And a, and a, and a food situation where, you know, I would, I would, especially the last six hours or so, seven hours, I would, I would paddle up, get, get some, get food, eat food. And we were eating, you know, high protein bars. We were eating carbohydrates, bananas, that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and I would get this super high, high, very quick. And I'm sure that there's athletes out there listening that understand this. You get this super high, high, and you know, all of a sudden, everything is almost euphorically beautiful. And it's like, wow, this is really a good idea that we did this. I love, I love being out here, and I love Thad, and I love my board, and God, this is great. And then, and then, in about almost to 20 minutes you would like drop off the friggin' face of the earth. And it would be like, I hate being out here. I want this to be over. This oh. sucks. You know, I mean, it was so weird how food and the energy and the, you know, getting that the sugar back in your blood and things working again, you know, would, would give you that kind of lift. You well, know? we got to talk yeah. about this. You're 58. You're not a, this is, this is a kind of a young man's, a younger yeah. man's thing to, to put themselves in this. Have you ever done anything even close to this strenuous in your, in your 58 no. years? No, no. No, oh, all right. never. I mean, and it, it, you know, I mean, I, I, I've never, no, I'm not like an Ironman. I'm not a runner in that sense. I'm, I've never done a marathon. I'm sure there's a lot of comparisons there that you can, that, you know, people who've done those kind of things, you can draw off of this, you know, because it's, it is, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself to the limit, you know, in many cases, mentally, probably more than physically. 
you know, on a paddleboard. Yeah. You know, I knew I, I, I knew my upper body was was trained and and I could I could handle it. The thing that I was really concerned about more than anything is my ankles and my feet because you know, just standing in an air conditioned room in front of a TV set for seventeen hours and eleven minutes, your feet are gonna get kind of pain you know, in pain. Yeah. And you're gonna feel that or you're gonna get numb, you're gonna you know, you're gonna lose some feeling. And uh and then put on that, that constant, you know, rocking in motion that you're dealing with, with every paddle stroke and with every wave. And, and so you're constantly correcting and moving and all those little bones and muscles in your feet get extremely sensitive to that and tired. Let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about, you know, the expectation. Cause a lot of us are like, okay, I'm mentally prepared for the finish line to be at such and such time, did you have a um like in your mind whether you realize it or not emotionally like okay we'll be done by such and such time and then that got oh, yeah. pushed further? Tell me about oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, we were we were uh, at about the you know midway mark. We we uh, were talking about it and it was like, well, it looks like we're going to be out here for another ten to twelve hours at this at this particular course setting. And I thought to myself, that, that'll put us out here until 12 o'clock in midnight. It'll be almost be a 24-hour deal. And I said, we, we're, you know, we started talking at that point, and we discussed that we needed to correct our course and start turning more westerly, and that was going to push us more northerly because of the Gulf Stream. So right. we, we decided, let's do that. We're going to get in faster that way. We're literally just going to get a perpendicularly, you know, uh, go across the stream instead of trying to fight upstream on it. So we did that. And that's what really speeded us up um, considerably, but it did put us in, off of our target okay. mark, which was going to be Miami. We ended up in, you know, North Miami beach, which was, you know, maybe 15 miles North. Well, I could just, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that you went from, okay, we'll be, you know, done it instead of 12 hours. You shortened it. I can imagine how yeah. devastating it'd be like, okay, we're going to be done at six today. And it's another four hours after that. Right. Right. I mean, I was hoping we would be done by six in the afternoon. And, uh, and then it it ended up being another three hours on top of that. We didn't make landfall until around nine, nine 15 or so. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, that was, that was a long last three hours. Tell me what was long. Was it just that you were physically worn out or what was different about those last three? Physically worn out. Um, we, we just, couldn't get out of the Gulf Stream, and you know once that thing, once you're on the river, <laughs> you know the, the Gulf Stream, it's hard to get off the that that pull, and so we just kept pounding away trying to head north, and uh, I mean to head west, and get out of the stream, and we we kept saying, okay, we're going to see the color change. The color changes when you go from that very very deep deep blue water. Uh, the Gulf Stream into a more greenish color where you're actually in a shallower water. And uh, we were hoping to see that because that would mean that we were out of the, the main current. And uh, we never did see it. it. It was dark by the time we, we got into the, the the color change. So that was that was tough mentally to uh, to be in that, that deep blue water for that long. Yeah. And not knowing, not, not even getting the satisfaction or the bump of like, okay, we're out, you know, we've, we've made this little... Uh, we made this milestone. We're out of it. You never even knew right. when you got out of it. We we didn't. We had no idea. I mean, we we did know we were getting closer. You know, you could see the buildings in in Miami Beach from way out to sea. But but for for many hours, they didn't seem to be changing much. You know what I mean? <laughs> just teasing you out there. <laughs> yeah, you can just you know when you're 20 miles out, you can see them on the horizon, but they just weren't getting any bigger. So you know you 
that that was a uh, that was tough. You know, that, that was, it was a very long day, and the last the last uh, ten miles was probably the longest ten miles I've ever paddled. Really, really. You know, that last ten miles was it just that your pace had fallen off, or was it just mentally and emotionally just that much tougher? Um, it, it was the that our uh, first first of all, you know, we were exhausted, and and second of all, we. Um, you know, we were we were on that last leg of of getting out of the stream. It's getting you know pretty dark, and uh, and we just weren't. It just didn't seem like we were getting there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so so you know that that takes you mentally that that puts you in a different place. You know, it's like we just got to keep going. We got to get this thing over with. You know, it's right there in our grasp, but it you know we just can't seem to get out of this this you know moving current so that was the toughest part i think uh, for me more than anything you know and at that point you're you know your feet are gone um from standing for that length of time uh shoulders are hurting backs hurting you know eyes are hurting your you've got your sun exposure not that we were i mean we were totally covered up we wore a lot of sun protection but what did you dig i mean what did you how did you find that last reserved i mean was you just mindless you know, paddling at that, at that point, point, it's like I see the I see the I see the be the buildings. You know, I know we can make this. You know, and I kept putting that. I've trained for this. It's in my head. I know how far ten miles is. It's not that bad. We can do this. You know, and you just have to keep repeating that to yourself. You know, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. You know, and we had no idea that there was. You know, there was the landing party that we actually had. And there was like sixty people on the beach waiting for us. But uh, you know, we actually didn't know where we were going to end up. We had no idea where where we were. Um, the GPS had gone south. A little devil's triangle trick on us, I think. Wow! And so we were we were kind of dead reckoning at that point, and we had no idea where the hell we were, or where we were going to land. And so, I mean, Thad and I started talking at that point, saying, "Well, what do you want to do? You just want to hide the boards, you know, like between a couple of these <laughs> hotels, and grab a cab or something? I mean, you know, what are we going to do? You know?" And and we had absolutely no idea we were paddling into sixty people with banners and stuff on the beach with champagne and you know, crazy. But uh, it was pretty funny. It was like, um, you know, we really thought we were going to be, you know, trying to trying to hail a, uh, uh, you know, like a, a cab. When did you when did you get to feel that sense of relief? Like it's I'm done. I don't have to hold this when, paddle anymore. Like when we could see the beach and we actually had a guy, uh, one of our, our friends that we trained with come paddling out on a board to meet us about 100 yards off the beach. And at that point. I mean, it was like, yes, we made it. And I saw everybody's lights on the beach. They had flashlights and stuff. And it was really, you know, that was, that was when we really picked up the pace and it felt like we hadn't done anything. You know, your, your adrenaline just takes over, you know, at that point, it's like, we're done. Let's go, let's go, let's go, you know? And one of the odd things though, that happened that I think, uh, is, you know, you hear about people saying, well, you have to get your sea legs when you get on a boat. Uh-huh. Well, the same thing happens when you get off a boat or a paddleboard for that length of time is you got to get your land legs. And I, I didn't expect this, but when my board hit the beach and I jumped into six inches of water right there, I literally could not stand up um, huh. because, you know, just getting used to that, that dry land again and that, that hard land that's not moving. It was a weird, very, very odd sensation. You know, I mean, I think your inner ear has to recalculate and say, okay, you're back on land, you know, or something. But I just, uh, I actually had to be helped up, you know, uh, the first few steps to, to kind of get, you know, get acclimated and they sat me down. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was uh, quite a day. Yeah. What's different about you now that you're on the other side of this challenge? 
Well, I, I think more than anything, it's like that. Um, you know, I, I I really have never thought of myself as being you know 58 years old, and uh, and I I feel like you know I I mean I I'm probably in better shape now than I was when I was. 38 or maybe even 28, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, and it just, it's, it's one of those kind of things that you, it gives me a great deal of satisfaction knowing that, A, I did something that no one else has done before, you know, we did something that no one else has done before. And two, that, um, you know, it, it was, it was a real goal, you know, I mean, it was a real physical goal that we put out in front of ourselves and we said, yeah, can we do it? And, uh, and we, we fought it and we made it. So, you know, that's very satisfying. More than anything, I think that the satisfaction of being able to wake up that Sunday morning and saying, you know, it's over. We did it. You know, this is great. And then there's kind of a letdown, like, okay, well, with all the prep and all the stuff that I was kind of dreading, you know, I I didn't appreciate at the time because I was trying so hard to get it all pulled together and done. And all of a sudden, I didn't have anything else to do, you know? Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, there's a letdown, you know? It's like, well, I... You know, and so I can see why these guys, you know, these adrenaline junkies that you hear about that really keep going, you know, well, you know, I, I, I ran a marathon. Now I'm going to do an Ironman. Now I'm going to do Death Valley. Now I'm going to, you know, and, and I can see how that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for plane tickets to Molokai to do the Molokai race at the end of July. You know, wow. uh, that's a, that's a 37 mile race from Island to Island, which yeah. um, I think would be really a, a lot of fun. So is this like, okay, I've done it. And I'm over, I'm not going to do this, you know, I'm not going to do this crossing again. Or is this, are you, is it too soon to, to think about doing it again and, and taking it up a notch? Where do you stand right now? Or is it, or is it just in like that, in the, that was interesting category? Oh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'll say this. I'm going to put it in the, that was interesting category and I, and I'm glad I did it category. But I think what we're going to do next is we're, I think both Thad and I and, and, and our the people who sponsored us and you know, that were involved with us along the way, um, you know, we've all kind of realized that it's kind of too much for, for a single person to do by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're looking to do with this thing actually is now that we've kind of set the bar is to make it a relay race, like a four man relay race, starting in Bimini and ending in, you know, Miami or Fort Lauderdale on the beach uh, next year, but doing it a little earlier so it's not quite so hot, and actually creating a, a you know an, an ongoing annual race, um, and you know that way you can have four guys out there on one chase boat. Everybody gets to do 20 miles, you know, which is doable. They get the blue water, they get the you know the, really the flavor of the whole thing, and it's it's a really you know it's, it's a competitive event. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. I, I think that would be, I think that that's the way to take what we did and notch it up and make it something that would be really special and something that a lot, a lot, a lot of people could go and participate. You don't have to be a world-class class athlete to do 20 miles. You have to train, but to be able to go out there and really have a good time with your buddies and a team on a boat and, and just, you know, make it something that's, uh, you know, it gets the recognition and, and, and it becomes, it, it also becomes a really cool way for the Bahamas and the United States to partner in a, in a competitive race. And, and not many of those have been done. I like it. I like it. Well, any tips for a guy that's out there, he's thinking about doing something bold, but he's also got that, 
that mind, you know, that voice in his mind. It's like, ah, that's just too big. You can't do that. That's impossible. Nobody's done that. What would you tell that guy? I'd say the the first thing is, is make sure that your training is, you're training for whatever endeavor you're going to do and, and, and train up to a point where you feel like, you know, you're ready. Um, or at least it doesn't scare the hell out of you when you think about it, you know? Um, and I, I think you've got to condition yourself mentally and physically, you know, to be able to, uh, to attempt any kind of athletic, uh, challenge like this. And, uh, and I think, I think, you know, once you do that, then, you know, go for it, step into it, you know, right on, right on. I mean, I mean, don't, you know, don't look back, you know, because let's face it, if you don't do it, you know, the only thing you can say is I wish I had, right. If you do do it and you fail, you can say, well, I gave it my best shot and damn it, I'm going to try it again next year or whatever, (laughs) you know, but at least you can, at least you're not going to always go, gosh, I wish I had, you know? And I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than that feeling of, of seeing somebody else accomplish it. And then you going, shit, I should have done that. Yeah. I like that's great stuff. Here are the big takeaways if you're thinking about doing something bold in your life. Number one, if you get a bold idea, nurture it. Most of the time, we want to go right into figuring out how something can be done. And this is where resistance shows up. We'll most likely blame a lack of resources, not enough time, money, help, support from the family, whatever. Then the idea dies. So don't worry about how it'll happen just yet. Instead, simply focus on what you want to do. Talk about it with other people. The idea will grow and you'll get resourceful. You'll find a way to make it happen. Number two, call it practice, call it training, whatever, but you need to be putting your time into the thing you want to do. Hell, even though Luke Skywalker was talented, he still had Yoda kicking his ass around the swamp. So practice, train, engage this part of your life frequently. Number three, the goal may scare the hell out of you, so break it down into bits you know you can handle. When we get spooked, we lose the mojo. Pick battles you know you can win and then string them together. Number four, commit. You're not going anywhere with one foot out the door. When you take quitting off the table, all of your energy is focused on following through instead of wondering, well, when's the time to pull the parachute? This is great for any practice, especially relationships. Seal the exits. Number five, you've heard me say this before, but lone wolves are dead wolves. You can't do anything in this life without the help and support of others. Bill and Thad, they pushed each other. They supported each other. Each of them still had to do their own paddling, but having that other guy there made all the difference. If you really want to succeed, you'll need help from others. Find a partner, a coach, or a buddy to join you on the journey. Number six, any challenge, an endurance race, marriage, starting a business, any kind of hero's journey is going to include a few ass whoopings. Expect to hit the wall. Many guys, they're trying to game the system. They're trying to find a shortcut. They're trying to find some way to avoid risk or loss or pain. Anything you really want is going to involve risk and uncertainty, period. No matter what happens, you will be challenged. There's no need to avoid it. But the biggest battle is going to be waged between your ears. Plan on it. Prepare for it. You're tougher than you think you are. Number seven, Bill and Thad were committed to making the crossing, and they were flexible on which route to take. So commit to the destination and keep the path flexible. Too many guys give up when they reach a roadblock because they see only one way to get there. We can't plan everything out perfectly. We don't know what the future challenges are going to be. So just because the plan changes doesn't mean the commitment has to. 
Number eight, the pain of failing pales in comparison to the regret of never trying. So don't let fear of failure hold you back. Let's face it. We all screw up all the time. We all make small mistakes every day. We're used to it. Keep this in mind. Remember that on some level, you already know how to keep going even if you screw up. Again, you're tougher than you give yourself credit for. Number nine, when setting goals, keep in mind what purpose they ultimately serve. Many guys, they fall into this trap. They're on a hamster wheel. They've lost sight of what their efforts are truly in service of. They're simply chasing the next shiny goal, a job title, money, a trophy, whatever. Remember, if setting and completing goals isn't truly contributing to what matters most in your life, and we're talking about your sense of feeling alive, your sense of satisfaction and fulfillment and peace of mind, then it's time to reassess. If your goal setting is simply winding you up and you're miserable unless you're in the pursuit, watch out. Having this awareness will keep you off of the hamster wheel and engaged in what truly matters to you. And number 10, if you're lacking vision or motivation, simply look around, especially in places you wouldn't normally consider. Learn about people doing things you would never imagine doing. Break out of the bubble you're living in. Consider that passion is lying dormant within you. You may simply need to see or hear or read about something and it'll wake you up. That's it. That's what I want to do. I've personally experienced this several times in my life, often when I least expected it. But this won't happen if you're asleep at the wheel. So get rid of the distractions. Ditch the reality show and political talk show drama. Feed yourself inspiring stories about real people doing amazing things. Like nutritious food, these stories of creating in the world will energize and replenish you. The option to be bold will become more normal for you. And being bold won't seem so crazy after all. I want to appreciate you because when I met you, I was just a scruffy kid in a hick town. We met years and years and years ago. I didn't have yeah. a, I didn't have a vision for my future. I couldn't see anything beyond high school. I was talented and in a few ways, but um, I met you when I was about fifteen or sixteen, and I saw your creative work and your lifestyle. And you know, I didn't know anything about you, but I just it woke something up in me. And, and suddenly I knew what I wanted to do. I knew, I knew I saw this vision for what I wanted to do with my life. And I did my own version of that. And with a, f- a few years of finishing school, I had that version. So to me, like, that's what this show is about. That's what these kind of conversations are about. It's just uh, showing us what's possible. Once we see what's possible, something wakes up, uh, you know, it, it wakes something up in us. And so once we see, we, we know it, we can do it and uh, it gets our ass in gear. So I think it's cool to have you on the show because I don't know if you realized that you had that impact on me. You were just being you at the time, but um, just seeing other people out there doing what they care about, being bold, um, it wakes us up. So thanks so much. I I appreciate you. I appreciate that you're doing this. You know, I'm going to turn 40 this year and you're doing this at 58. I'm like, that's so cool. I feel like I've got another like, wow, this is what's possible for my life, too. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking today, man. Uh, certainly my pleasure and and you know you're on the team my team next year when we go across so start training now for your 20 miles i will need that long i think i will need that long there is no getting out of it trips right. on the team trips on the team here wow all right i'll uh, wow okay now i'm gonna go throw up okay <laughs> all right all right buddy thank you so much man thank you i appreciate it okay buddy. see ya there's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.